0: There's a few things that are making this special for Nathan. The one thing is, nothing changes. (laughs) Impromptu, extra large Tim Hortons in the front row. People laughing, people talking, people crying. Family, I'm so sorry for your loss. There's been so many amazing things said about Nathan today that... uh, this is one of the most difficult things I have to do is share this time with you and, and share some words, hopefully, of comfort. But ironically, it's one of the easiest things to do because nobody has had to lie about anything. All this stuff that's being said about Nathan is totally true. I'm sure we could find somewhere, somewhere that must have a bad story or a bad experience with Nathan. I've just never met them. And um, that, that is his heart. And uh, I got to meet Nathan for the first time on a Bible, you guys hear lots about Bibleville. We had a Bibleville friend night where uh, if you live somewhere, we would do a special night just for you and your friends on that block. And so Nathan and Zach, the first time they came that I remember, some friends had invited them just for their own little private party here at the church. We had a snack, we had a Bible story, and then we ended at Rutgers. And it's kind of since that week, 13 years ago or whatever it was, they have barely missed a week at church ever that they just kept coming and going after God, and uh, it's been a amazing, an amazing joy. My wife and I have been here in Saskatoon and doing ministry for over 25 years, been doing ministry longer than we've been married together. Um, but we, somebody said today we're going to have a Nathan-sized hole. Nathan's a picture of why we do what we do, that... Uh, you can share Jesus with a young child, and they accept him, and they learn to love their family and tr- persevere through difficult things and learn to love others and learn to, to serve community and be an upstanding part of society. There's so many that have gone through and done that, and so many of us struggle with that, but Nathan is, is kind of that picture. What a privilege to have been a part of his life, and thank you, Mom and Dad and brothers for trusting us. You really had to trust us with him because you, did he ever live at home? (laughs) He he lived his, it's like one bedroom at home and one bedroom at church. It must have been because he he spent a lot of time and he was on sports teams and drama teams and he just loved being a part and giving and giving and giving. So while this is difficult, it's a real honor and privilege to be able to be a part of this tribute and and, uh, hopefully bring some words of comfort today. We've said and expressed our sorrow to, to family, but to those of you, friends and family grieving here today and those of you online, you will also have a, have a Nathan-sized hole. And uh, when something happens so traumatically and sudden and shockingly, it doesn't really matter if you've been in close relationship with that person or a little bit distant or haven't connected for a while, it grips your heart and it gets your attention it, uh, it's shocking and sad on behalf of that person and that family themselves, but it also brings us kind of face-to-face with our own immortality and the reality that, that we aren't guaranteed not only the next day, but the next hour. And it's kind of like a reality check of where are our relationships lining up, where are our priorities lining up. And in a shock, there's... There's great questions, there's great confusion, there's uncertainty, there's anger, there's doubt, there's dismay. And I don't know if you need it today or not, whether you're here or near or far, but you have permission. We're talking lots about God today, but some people are wondering, how could God have let this happen? I want you to know that God can handle those questions, and that he sees you and he knows and he feels your pain. We pray that you will be comforted in the midst of this journey of grieving. And as much as we are crying today and and laughing today and reminiscing today and consoling each other today, it takes process. And so there's going to be good days that feel good and there's going to be bad days that feel bad and there's going to be a bunch of days in the middle. But Scripture says that Jesus is able to sympathize with us because he's gone through what we are going through. And he has sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us. Well, I've offered condolences, I also want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing Nathan with us. And allowing all of us to be a part of his life. But on behalf of the family, I want to say thank you to everyone else. Because as great as Nathan is and was, he really was great because of all the... He was just like a sponge taking in all the good stuff that people could throw at him that if you were choosing to invest in him with just a hello or share the excitement, or if you were investing some training or some teaching, whether you're a school or coach or leader at youth group, you have a part to play in what we're celebrating today because you chose to share your life, to sacrifice your lifetime and energy. And what we're talking about today is the culmination of what was placed into Nathan's life. And praise God for a Uh, compassionate, mentoring home has has been talked about and that we could all plant into good soil. There's the African proverb, you all know, it takes a village to raise a child. And that's the story of every child today. There's so many challenges in this world that we need to watch out for our kids and we need to pour into them. And so when you think about your choice on whether you have time or willing to invest again in somebody else, whether or not it's the the previous one has ended in a tragedy like this, or times have just changed and you're wondering again, I want you to remember Nathan. That Nathan is a picture of somebody, of some people, of some community that chose to invest in his life. So on behalf of Nathan, I ask you, who's next? Who will you choose to invest in next? Because Nathan wouldn't want it to end with him. What a verse for Nathan. Even at 20, he was able to receive the kingdom of God and God's love and your love like a little child. He could be entrusted with responsibility and the next moment seemed like a giddy kid again for a few minutes. <laughs> what a picture of being able to receive the kingdom of God as a child. Even though the disciples that were with Jesus were trying to keep the kids away, Jesus took an interest in kids and Jesus took an interest in Nathan and Jesus takes an interest in you and me. And Jesus, with his disciples that at one point were trying to chase children away from him, he kept pouring into them. Jesus took these disciples under his wing. And uh, we can often start thinking about the disciples in Bible times as lots of gray hair, uh, old and wise, or at least old if not wise. But the disciples that followed Jesus, they said, were really teenagers and young adults, most likely. Not the gray-haired wise people you see painted on Last Supper pictures. But Nathan, at a very young age, chose to put himself under Jesus' wing and stay in Jesus' arms to grow closer to him as a follower of Jesus. And as I was thinking of and preparing for today and what might be shared, I couldn't help but think of how people talk about the 12 disciples that followed Jesus, a little bit of a motley crew, a little bit of a ragtag crew, a, a tax collector that was seen poorly, a hardworking fisherman, all these different guys, not just well-clean-cut guys from university education, but, but guys with a lot of passion and a lot of zeal and a lot of energy. That sounds like, J- like Nathan. That's Nathan. Nathan was a disciple and a follower of Jesus. These disciples weren't perfect Nathan wasn't perfect, although we're talking about all the good stuff today. He, like the disciples of Jesus, let their hearts be teachable, let his heart be teachable so that he could become more and more like Jesus and live the life that Jesus had planned for him. And so, as Jesus trained his disciples, and, and the scripture says many things that disciples of, and followers of Jesus are supposed to do, I want to point out a couple things that Nathan took to heart And that I think we can take to heart as we choose to follow Jesus. First of all, Scripture says that we're to bear each other's burdens. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Nathan had a compassionate heart. I'm going to try not to duplicate all the good stuff that has been said. But I just want to say for such a big guy, he had such a tender heart and he could be moved to tears on behalf of someone's distress distress, just like that. That when we were taking prayer requests in church, he would often have somebody that needed prayer. When somebody was was, uh, crying because of sorrow in their life and needing prayer, he was often there with his arm around them wanting to make sure that somebody was praying for them or he was praying for them. He would be willing to carry people's burdens, and he'd be willing to help out to do whatever was needed to. Nathan was fulfilling Christ's command to love others, but not just when it was convenient to him, not just when it felt good, not just when it was something in it for him, but rather one who would who could share pain, take load, get in the game with his own feelings and emotions and, and responsibilities. And it didn't matter. I don't know if I've seen... Anyone that has uh, the barriers gone or, or uh, doesn't see color, doesn't see anything. It's just like, if you're a person, I want to know you. But he, he loved everybody. Didn't matter where you came from, what your history was, what your ethnicity was, what your abilities were. How much better would it be if we all could live like Nathan in following Jesus that way? There'd be a lot of different news reports this past weekend and this past week than what we've been hearing. What would we do if, rather than kick them when they're down, we would fulfill the law of Christ like Nathan did and bear each other's burdens, no matter the cost and no matter what's going on, rather than turning a blind eye or a cold shoulder. Nathan put his trust in Jesus to bear his burdens. Nathan didn't just carry other people's burdens, but he realized Nathan couldn't, he couldn't do his own life on his own, and so because he trusted Jesus, Jesus had him stepping into other people's lives. Jesus came to do that for us, to walk this life, to experience the same type of losses and distress and struggles in our lives. But Jesus took it a step further, and he took the weight of the sin of the world. Every person who would ever live, the the punishment of that sin went on him to pay the punishment and penalty for it by dying on the cross so that we could all have that punishment paid for in advance for for those of us. Jesus took our burdens if we give them to him. We're supposed to, scripture says we're supposed to bear each other's burdens. Second one is it says it's, one of the things it says is to serve. In one place in the, in the scriptures, it talks about these 12 disciples, these ragtag group of guys, and they actually get into a, a verbal fight. I don't know if they got into a Zach and Nathan type fight, but they got in, maybe if there was fights that didn't involve the, the physical contact, but there was some good verbal. Um, jabbing going on between these disciples because they were basically saying, I'm more important to Jesus. No, I'm more important to Jesus. No, I want to sit by Jesus when I'm in heaven. No, I want to sit by Jesus when I'm in heaven. Who's most important? Then Jesus says this. He he said, he called them together in Mark chapter 10, it says, and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them? Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's easy to say, based on this description, that Nathan was great. Because he was willing to serve. He was willing to be a slave at all. And trust me, I'm not sure mom or pastor made Nathan a bigger slave some days. (laughs) Nathan, can you come early to set up chairs? Nathan, can you mop the floor before you go to bed at camp? Nathan, can you make your bed? Nathan, can you do the dishes? Nathan, I need help with the daycare kids. He was truly willing to follow Christ in the place of being a servant. He always had a big smile, and he was always willing to do the action, but here, if I can use the word kicker again, here's the kicker on behalf of Nathan. His heart was always in it. It was always coming from an authentic place. I'm sure he made himself do something sometimes. I just don't know when that happened. Because he was willing to be, he had a heart of a servant, and so his outward actions just flowed from who he was. He was living from who he was, his true self, as we like to say. Man, I wish I was more like Nathan. I wish my heart was more pure and more authentic and more willing to serve people the way Nathan was willing to do it, no matter the cost and no matter the time. His attitude was amazing. We can learn from Nathan as he learned to follow Christ in this area. Nathan could have given up, could have... Turned his back on a bunch of stuff to do whatever he wanted. But often he was sacrificing what he could be doing because actually his desire has changed and he wanted to be around people. He wanted to serve. He wanted to help. It wasn't just self-denial. It was his desires has changed to serve others. Man, again, imagine our world if we blindly served others to help. Jesus came to serve us by giving his life away so that we may have life if we believe in him. Nathan followed his example and Nathan would want us to follow that example. And then finally, we had bear your burdens that Nathan did for others. Serve others and then love. Jesus' commandment in Matthew 22 was love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I truly believe Nathan understood this, that he loved God He loved others, but I think he actually was able to do that well because he loved himself. I think he had struggles, like any teenager does, learning to accept himself. But at the same time, he would walk in a room with such a confidence and such an acceptance of himself that I think many of us adults in this room wish we could have that same level of confidence. Jesus modeled this type of love, and Nathan followed Jesus in it. But Jesus also said... In 1510 of John, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that your, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Rhonda, I wanted to end this part with joy. He had such a contagious joy. He always seemed joyful, except when he was sad. Go figure. Carrying somebody else's burden and sorrow but man, it was really one or the other most of his life. Wouldn't you say? That, that he walked around with this contagious type of joy, and I think that came because he was loving life, loving God, loving others, loving himself. And Jesus says, when you love him and you follow his ways, your joy will be complete. I don't know if you can make up the type of joy that Nathan was exuding. I don't think you can fake that stuff. And I think it came from an authentic relationship with Jesus that he had this fullness, that Jesus made him special, made him bubbly, made him larger than life, but then also did the real work in his life to transform him into that. Joy is what overflowed. Nathan followed Jesus in bearing burdens, serving, loving, and being joyful. We can do that, not by trying to be like Nathan, but by focusing our eyes on Jesus. Maybe Nathan never got to tell you in this room or online the reason for his hope, the hope he had in Jesus. I have the privilege of sharing it with you today. It's both a privilege and a responsibility because one day I plan to be in heaven. And one day I plan to hear from Jesus, well done, Dallas. But I also want to hear from Nathan, thank you, Dallas, for telling my family and friends how to be here with me. And so you forgive me if this comes across too much like a preach but I would rather make Nathan happy today than worry about if I've offended you by saying too much. I can't see you through those masks. Will you nod for me? Will you give me permission? (laughs) Give me permission, please. Nathan would be first to tell you today that he is in heaven not because he was a good boy. Nathan was a great guy, but he wasn't great enough to get himself to heaven. He needed a savior just like you and I need a savior. Not everything was perfect in his life. He was a sinner like you and I. The scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed God's standard of holiness and perfection. You see, God is perfect. He's here beginning and end. He's never ending. And he always has been and he always will be. And in his perfection, he created mankind in past history to have a relationship with him. And in his perfection, he created mankind to share the beauty of all that God could have and the beauty of relationship with God, but also knew that he had to create mankind with a free will because it's not a beautiful love-give-and-take relationship if you're programmed to be a robot and you have to give love to your creator. That's not a real relationship. And so mankind very shortly, while living on this earth, chose their own path. Rather than following God, thought they could be God and make up their own minds and follow their own ways and disobey what God's plan was for them. And that was the first sin. And now, decades and centuries later, we see the consequences of one little sin as layer after layer, society after society, that's perpetrated and penetrated with sin and brokenness, what we have. That it's a broken, fallen world. And yet God wasn't turning his back on his creation. And it says that, that he was showing us how to come into relationship with him. First in the scriptures we see how perfect God is and, ha- and how amazing he is. And we see all that God was showing that man was going to need to do in order to have relationship. But man always fell short. And so it says at the perfect time God sent his son Jesus. And Jesus came. As we almost approach Christmas to remember that Jesus did come in the form of a human. He came and he was laid in a, in a manger in a stable. And he came and he lived a perfect life even though he was tempted in all ways that you and I have been tempted. And he showed people who the Father God was in heaven. But he also talked about who the Father God was in heaven. And he taught and showed people who God was in the flesh. And so he was fully God and fully man and it's some type of miracle that I couldn't preach in a full day if I had time to tell you about today. But I do know that he lived a perfect life and at the end of his perfect life he was condemned a criminal and put to death on a cross because God allowed him to go to the cross to die a death to pay the penalty for the sin that you and I have committed and that Nathan committed. And then he rose again to show his power over death so that not only the debt could be paid, but life could be lived following that. And that's why Nathan lived a life loving God here, and now he lives a life with God in heaven and why we can be so sure of that. John chapter 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Nathan did this. He did it at a young age. He actually prayed the prayer... I'll never forget smiling to myself because I've prayed that prayer with kids and camps and youth group over and over and over and I lost count of how many times Nathan put up his hand saying, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer. No, now put up your hand if you prayed that for the first time. Nathan, for the 27th time, put up his hand. Is that because he was never following Jesus? No. He was following Jesus all the way along. It's not about one prayer, it's about our heart's intent and Nathan was just constantly wanting to make sure that he was good with God and receive God's love and be in that space and place with Jesus. You see, it's not about a get-out-of-hell-free card. It's about getting to live this life on earth with God, with Jesus, with Him being present in your life, so that also as someday you get to experience that with Him in heaven. All of us have lived a life like Nathan. What does that mean? Family, school, work, sorrow, trouble, joy. But like Nathan's story in this past week, We don't get to write the chapters. We don't know how the end or when the end comes. And it's sorrowful and it's painful. But that is why when we have opportunity, we place our faith in Jesus Christ and we give our lives over to him to receive his forgiveness. There's lots of people watching online today that you went to church with Nathan or you went to camp with Nathan and you're you're remembering some of the stuff that we're talking about today that you heard at camp. James chapter 5, verse 19 to 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. If you're listening today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you're not really following him, you could pay Nathan the highest honor By allowing this moment of tribute to him to allow your wandering self, if you've wandered away from Jesus, to come back to him. What an amazing moment that would be for you to come to Jesus as Nathan followed Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer and it's not a magic prayer and it's a simple prayer. And you don't have to pray it out loud, you can just pray it in your heart. But I want to say a simple prayer so that you have an idea of the words that you can use and how simple it was when Nathan was seven and nine and 13 and 17 when he prayed those prayers. (laughs) Would you pray if these words express your heart? Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You see my broken heart. I believe in you. You see where I'm at. I ask you to forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your life. I am sorry for my sin. Help me to live for you. Show me your way and your plan. And give me a hunger for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, we have some little books at the back. And if you're online, you can get a hold of us at the church. We'll get them to you. But it's called Finding the Hope, as well as a DV called My Hope. And if you would like more information about the type of stuff that Nathan, this, this Jesus that he was following, you can pick one of those up out on your way after church. We talked about the Chevy Tahoe. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. I was under the understanding he was still going to get his license. Is that correct? Am I right? He was on the waiting list, COVID waiting list. I think that's amazing and it sums up a lot that Nathan, I was at an event in the summer with Nathan and he was just considering buying this vehicle and he was going around and showing this white Tahoe to everyone. And I'm going, do you have your license yet, dude? Buying that vehicle in advance, what a statement of hope and confidence. I am getting my license, there's no doubt. Let's, let's get the truck first just to make sure we're good to go. <laughs> he wasn't just going to talk about it. That prayer we prayed right now isn't just talk. You see, Nathan went out and bought that truck and the ownership transferred. It went from whoever owned it to him. When you pray that prayer, it's not about just hoping someday that you can be in heaven. If you've prayed that and meant it in your heart, you've transferred ownership of your own life over to God. And you're saying that he is going to be leading and guiding and directing your life. Be encouraged in that today. That we don't, even in times of sorrow, that we aren't walking this alone. And that while, Je- while Jesus is in heaven and Nathan is there with him, we get to live the life God has planned for us now. And we're grateful, so grateful for the impact that Nathan has made on our, on our lives. We're grateful to God for how he allowed him to be a part of all our different situations. Let us walk out our lives in honor to God and in tribute to this young man. God bless you. We're going to sing one more song before Pastor Dwayne comes and close.